Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. All right. Hey, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills. I'm the lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and I'm so thankful that you are joining us today. Uh, We are wrapping up a small series, a two-week series called To Gather, uh, where two or more gather together in his name. Uh, Their God is in the midst of them. And so if you are listening today, uh, I believe you are listening for a reason and a purpose, as I always say, and I believe and I pray that God will show that to you uh, maybe today, uh, but I know you definitely will at some point in your life. I, I truly believe that. And so uh, I'm excited to get started and wrap up this small series today because that means next week, uh, believe it or not, is Easter. And uh, we're starting a new series called How Sweet the Sound, uh, where we will dive into some of the classic hymns and explore their meaning, uh, breathing new life into these songs to bring hope that they have for us today. And I'm uh, just uh, grateful to be able to be able to do that next week. I'm excited about today's topic, uh, but before we dive in, I want to start with something funny. I believe it's funny. I got this from Dr. John Maxwell. I know that a lot of you guys know who he is. Uh, to me, this is just uh, rather humorous. Uh, it's called Life Explained. And my question would be, how many of you would like to have life explained to you? Because I know I would. Uh, before I start this, though, I want to let you know this is not theologically correct, uh, but I find it really funny, and so there's my disclaimer, okay? So here we go. On the first day, God created the dog and said, sit all day by the door of your house and bark at everyone who comes in and goes out. And God said, for this, I'm going to give you a lifespan of 20 years. And the dog said, well, that's too long to do all that barking. How about I give you 10 back and let's just make it 10, a 10-year lifespan. And so God agreed. On the second day, God created the monkey and said, entertain people and and do monkey tricks, make them laugh. And for this, I'm going to give you a 20-year lifespan. And the monkey said, 20 years is a long time to perform and make people laugh. How about we do like the dog did and I'll just get 10 years and I'm going to give you 10 back. And so God agreed. On the third day, God created the cow and said, you're going to go into the field with the farmer all day long and you're going to suffer under the sun and you're going to have uh, calves and you're going to give milk to support the farmer's family. And for this, I'm going to give you a lifespan of 60 years. And the cow said, that's way too long to do all that work. How, am, how about I make it 20 and I'm going to give you 40 back? And, and God agreed. And then on the next day, God created man and said, eat, sleep, play, enjoy yourself. And for this, I'm going to give you 20 years. And man said, what? Only 20 years? He said, how about this, God? How about you could possibly give me my 20, give me the 40 for the cow gave back, give me the 10 the monkey gave back, and then also give me the 10 the dog gave back, and let's just make it 80. And God agreed. So that is why for the next 20 years, we eat, sleep, play, and enjoy ourselves. And for the next 40 years after that, we slave into the sun to support our family And for the next 10 years, we do monkey tricks to entertain the grandchildren. And for the last 10 years, we sit on the front porch and bark at everybody who goes by, right? There you go. You have life explained to you. Now, let's get to work because I told you that story on purpose because I really do want to explain life to you. I want to 
uh, I want to really dive into that. Uh, I don't know if I can explain everything to you, but uh, that is my purpose of some of it today. Uh, so write down this word somewhere on your Bible or, or a note or somewhere or just lock it in your memory somehow because we're going to use it over and over and it's very, very important. It's the word that I would say that all of heaven and all of earth is based on. In fact, even Jesus said that you can summarize the entire Bible on this one word. It's the word that we that can literally, if you understand it and realize its power, can change your life. It's simply the word relationships, relationships. Your quality of earth is going to be determined on how you deal with your relationships. And you wouldn't you agree that even heaven is determined on your relationships. It's not what you know, it's who you know that's going to determine where you spend eternity. The relationships are everything. Let me say it this way. Your relationship decisions are the most important decisions that you will ever make in your entire life. They are the most important decisions. In fact, let me say it another way. This, the one thing that has the most influence in where you are right now is probably the people that you have in your life. It's your relationships. One person said that your net worth is determined by your network, and that is true. Relationships are everything, and that's why we're in a series called To Gather. We are in this series because Jesus said this in Matthew eighteen twenty, For where two or three to gather as my followers, I am there among them. Now here's the question. Why is Jesus so interested in our relationships? And the answer is very simple. Uh, it's a very simple answer. You might want to even write this down because to me this is a huge thought. Real life change takes place in the context of relationships. Okay? Real life change takes place in the context of relationships. Why is Jesus so interested in relationships? Because real life change doesn't happen if you just attend a service. It doesn't happen based on the school you go to or the college you go to or what you know and understand. Your real life is going to change and it's going to be impacted by the people in your life. And that's why Jesus said, if you'll be intentional about your gatherings, I'll step in the middle of that and do something pretty powerful. Now, right off the bat, when I said that, um, if you're in a group of some kind, well, that's why I'm involved in a small group or a life group or men's group or women's group or something. But for many of us, we are not involved in significant, intentional kind of a group that way, right? And immediately, if you're like most people, you're already beginning to think of the reasons why not. And so I want to address that first, why we wouldn't do it, why we wouldn't get into groups. And then I'm going to give you some strong reasons why you should get into groups, okay? First, let me give you this verse that I think may convict some of us. Uh, I know it did me. Uh, it's Ecclesiastes 4, 8, okay? Uh, in there it says, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. In other words, he just didn't have anybody he could relate to. And that, by the way, is not just talking about biological relatives. It's just saying that there were no one really, really close to him. There was no one really close to him. And notice the result of that. He says he's alone. And it may be the condition that some of you are in today who are listening. And that's why you need this message so much, that because you had no son or brother and he was doing life alone. Ecclesiastes, uh, let's read on. There was uh, no end to his toil. In other words, life didn't work. And so notice what he didn't try to substitute what only relationships can do, right? Let's read on even more. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. Okay, that's how he's going to explain it off. 
So in other words, this guy obviously tried, well, maybe I'll work harder, spend more hours at the office. I'll pick up some hobbies. I'll try to make some more money. And it didn't scratch the itch because your real life change takes place in the context of relationships. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. You want life explained? It's relationships. Walking alone never, never, never works. So why would we walk alone? Let me give you some reasons. I don't want to spend a lot of time on these. Uh, I just want to expose them because sometimes people seeing these reasons in ourselves kind of helps us move on from them. So let me, let me give you uh, five reasons why you might not get involved in a group, okay? By the way, these are some of them are mine. I've dealt with these in the past and some I still deal with, okay? Here's the first one if you're, if you're taking notes. Uh, we can be naive. Uh, there are some of you uh, that generally didn't even know you really needed this as bad as you do, and hopefully we're going to clear that up today. But some of us actually think, I can handle this stuff called life all on my own. I, ca- I can do this. I heard the story about Muhammad Ali back in the day when he was boxing. Ali was on an airplane and refused to buckle his seatbelt, and the flight attendant said, Sir, you're going to have to buckle your seatbelt. And he responded, I don't even know if this is true or not, but... I just heard the story, and I can imagine Ollie saying this, and he responded in the sense of, and, and Superman don't need no seatbelt. To which the flight attendant responded, well, Superman didn't need no plane either, so buckle up, you know? And some of us are kind of like, like that. You know, we think, man, I can handle this myself. And, and just realize that you're going to find out today that that's not true, okay? Here's a second reason, and this is a, a real one. This is not an excuse. This is a real reason. Uh, some of us say it's my temperament. I don't have the personality that is outgoing. I, can go, I can't go into someone's house. I can't meet in a restaurant. I can't gather with a group. I'm kind of shy. And I just want to say to those of you that have the excuse of, well, that's just the way I am, I would just say respectfully to you, that's not good enough. Okay? You need this. You're, you're going to see this today. And so here's the third reason. I'm going to just try to expose reasons why you might be like the guy in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. The third reason is fear. In fact, I want to expose two fears that are associated with groups. Uh, The first is, what's going to happen if I go? Even those of us that are are kind of outgoing, I I feel like I'm kind of outgoing, uh, it's still hard to pick up a phone and call someone you don't know and say, hey, I'd like to come over to your group, and then walk up to the front door and knock on the door. Because we build those scenarios, right, that these certain things are going to happen if I do this or that. And I always imagined that I would walk up and go to the door, and then the whole group would be waiting for me like they'd been praying for hours and just couldn't wait for me to finally get there. And then when I step into the foyer, they've got this circle of chairs around them, and then the middle of the room is a chair all by itself, and that's my chair. They're going to make me sit in the middle of the room, and then everybody's going to lay their hands on me and pray for me for hours until I confess all of my sins. I don't want to go through that, right? And I'm sure you don't want to go through that. And so for those of you that, uh, that, that think that's what happens in life groups, okay, uh, you need to understand that usually doesn't happen until the second meeting. No, no, I'm just playing. It doesn't happen at all. I'm just kidding, okay? Uh, those things don't really happen. But there's just these fears, right? It's just a fear. And even the fear of exposing the real you to be able to say, here's what I, what's really going on in my life, the, the kind of scary, would, wouldn't you agree that's, that's that point of that scariness, right? Because you've got to let somebody know, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm messing up. And then there's some fears that are associated with all of those. <clears throat> here's another one. Jot it down if you're taking notes. And that is, 
our past experiences, okay? Sometimes there have been some of us who have been burned relationally. It's, in fact, some of you are, are listening right now that you are wounded relationally and your response to the wound wasn't to get the wound healed. Your response to the wound was saying, I'll never let this happen again. And I will just say that was the wrong response. I understand it. I get it, but it's the wrong response. I'll never let someone hurt me that way again. I'll never, never going to expose myself that way again. We've got to be careful that we don't let past experiences keep us from God's best. Here's the last one. Uh, in fact, this is the one I, w- I put when I put it on the list. I thought probably should do an entire message on this one because I think this one, this last one, is keeping us from the best of the lot of things that that are we know right now. Okay, we all know this one. It's it's called busyness. I can't go. I'm already out eight nights a week, even though there's seven, right? I can't. I'm busy. I'd love to, but it's not in my schedule. I want you to ask yourself this question, okay? How many things are you not doing that you know you should be doing and your life would be better if you were doing, but you don't because your schedule is dictating your life? And how many things are in your schedule that are contributing, contributing nothing to your lives? Don't let the world and don't let your schedule be the ones that's telling you how to live. All of us from time to time ought to analyze it and do life a little better. We can do that. So here's my thought. And I want to just throw this out to you. I I think deep down inside, there has not been a single thing that I've said already that you don't already agree with. And I think you know deep down inside, this is important. And I even truly believe that every single person actually wants what I'm about to share. I think we all like to have this place. And here's the title of this, this message this, this week is where everybody knows your name. Now, if you're my age and older, that, that title kind of rings a bell, right? Because you probably grew up with this sitcom called Cheers about this bar owned by a Red Sox picture who didn't even drink. Okay. Right. It became this little club, this hangout place, and they became this family and they loved to go, not because of what they were able to eat or drink. They went because of the people, because everybody wants to go to a place where they know your name. I love the theme song that goes with uh, the Cheers sitcom, and so I want to read it to you, because I'm not going to sing it. That would be horrible. The the theme song goes to Cheers was, making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all the worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. It's just unfortunate that the the theme song was about a bar and not the church, because I really believe that God designed the church to be that place to which some of you would say, that's the problem. This church is too big. It, It won't work. They can't know my name. And that's why the Bible says, yeah, we need the big so we can do the big things, but we need the small so everybody can know your name. And that's why why every one of us that call uh, our church, Chandler Acres, home, or even wherever you are, should be in a group, okay, a significant group. So let's talk about that a little bit, all right? Let me start by reading a verse from Romans 12, 5. Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. I want to give you four things that you need today. You're going to realize that small group can meet these needs today, and I I want to give it to you in a little teaching I found years ago, all right? When I was doing this this personality profile, I was made to do this personality profile, 
uh, I found out there's basically four aspects to a person's life. And, and I want to make the case that most of these aspects never get touched in real life. Okay, they really don't. But I want to make the case that the small group, the life group, can touch all four of these and they can meet the need. Okay, because we need each other. So it's the four aspects of a, of a person's life. Here's the first one. Most people never go beyond the first aspect, and that's the aspect of what they call the arena. So write down the definition in your notes. It's, this definition is for the arena. It's where I know and you know. There's some things that I know about you. There, there's some things that maybe you already know about me. There's some arena aspects of our lives, but it's just the public side of us. It's not the real us. And that's why we need, um, write this, if you want to write this down, we need people who really know us, really know me, right? I need somebody who really knows me. Why? Because there's another side to me. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 2.11 says about this. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In other words, all of us have this other side, the inside. All of us see the public side, but there's another side, which is the real you. And that's the part what I really believe we need to get to. And you say, Dan, why? Why do I need somebody else who really knows me? Well, I want you to hear this because we all have that day. It's that day where we're ready to check out. It's the day where we've got the bad news. It's the day we get the test results. It's the day where we lost a loved one. It's that day. All of us need, okay? We all need, uh, we don't even need a, a church of 50. We don't need a, just, we, we, what we need is really is just a few people. We need a few people who really knows us. We need the life group. We need a place where everybody knows our name when we face that day. Here's the second aspect of our lives that life groups uh, can make a difference in, and it's called the mask. Let's define it this way. If you're taking notes, uh, it, it's, it's I know I know, but you don't know. Okay. I've got a mask, by the way. We all do. Okay. I've got some things that you don't know about me and, and you're not going to know about me. Now, I'm not safe if no one knows them about me. So there are some people that know my secrets. And let me just say this to you. If there's somebody, something that you only know about you, you're not safe. You're not in a good place. You have to have somebody who knows your secrets, somebody who knows where you're tempted. Okay. If no one knows, you're not safe. So if you're not safe when no one knows, what do you need, okay? You need someone who's going to protect you, okay? Someone that's going to protect me. They cannot protect you if they don't know what's going on inside of you. That's why Paul said, we refuse to wear masks and play games. Rather, I'm going to keep everything I do and say, uh, and say it out in the open. You need a few people who really know, and by the way, it's really the only way you're going to get over habitual sin. If you, if you confess to God, God will forgive you. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. God will forgive you. You need a person that's going to protect you to see you get healed. We're talking about the aspects of a person's life. You've got the arena. I know you know, and we've got to go beyond that and say, I need somebody who really knows me. You've also got the mask. Uh, I know, but you don't know. You need somebody who's going to protect you. You need someone who knows, okay? The third area is called the blind spot. Here's how it's defined. I don't know, but you know. Like, I didn't know I acted that way, but you knew I acted that way. I didn't know I had spinach in my teeth, but you sure can see it. You know, you know right? You know what I'm talking about. We all have that exposed place. 
you know, here we are just smiling away and we just got this crud all up in our teeth and friends don't let friends keep that stuff in our teeth. And so you need to say, Hey dude, you've got a little something right there. You need to get out. Okay. It looks bad. Okay. Here's the point to that. You've got blind spots and not everybody needs to know what they are, but a few people who love you do, do know what they are. And that's why you need somebody who's going to be honest with you. Okay, honest with you. I need somebody to know if I'm not treating my wife the way I should. I need someone who's going to tell me, hey, you know what? Dan, your attitude really sucks. It really stinks today. What is your what is your deal today? You know? I don't know about you, but I'm really not ready to receive that from everybody, but I'll receive it from the the, the people that I really believe love me. And I just hope that you have someone that you've allowed to be honest with you in that kind of way. Because we all need it. Look what the Bible says about this in Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. The Bible says that 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 good guy, the faithful guy, was the guy that said, hey, bro, we've got some things we need to work on here. It's your enemy that's kissing you saying, oh, you're wonderful. You're the best. No, we need somebody who can really be honest with us when we need it. Here's the last one, and it's the potential. Okay, Here's how this one is defined. I don't know, and you don't know. By the way, only God knows your potential. And you say, Dan, what does that have to do with a life group? If only God knows this one. If my potential can only be realized because God knows it, how does the life group help then? Here's how. Because God's system is you connecting with another member of the body of Christ. That's why he calls us the body of Christ. Listen, we're not supposed to be just body parts. We are supposed to be hand knowing where the wrist is, the wrist knowing where the arm is, arm knowing where the bicep is. It's connection. It's not just parts. It's connected parts. And that's why the Bible says each part does its work and helps the others, other parts grow. So Christ's whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So what do we need in this one? Okay, I want you to write this down if you can. I need people who are going to grow me. Okay, grow me. That happens when we connect to the body of Christ. Simply put, your life can be changed powerfully just by attending a church, you know, like one like Chandler Acres. Jesus can touch you, even watching uh, services online right now in the moments that we're faced with. But you need more than that. We recognize that we need to be a big church making a difference around the world. We know that. We need to be making a difference in people's lives. And it takes something big sometimes to pull that off. But the big church needs to become small because we need more than that. We need a place where, where I'm known. They know my name. They're glad I came. They can protect me and be honest with me and grow me. Okay. I want to close with one more verse to challenge us. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You need the intimate friend. It doesn't have to be everybody, but it does need to be a few people. I want to challenge you with everything in me to consider getting into a life group, a small group, but some significant group, okay? I want you to challenge you with everything in, in me to consider getting into a group, okay? Just to take the plunge of getting in some meaningful relationships. You might be saying, well, Dan, how am I supposed to do that now with everything going on? Great question, Okay. We can be around, we can't be around people right now. So my answer is maybe start one with your family, just in your immediate family right now. Okay. Create that, uh, that group within there. Okay. 
or create uh, a Zoom meeting or some use some social platform, you know, Skype or something where you can create a um, an internet meeting. Okay, uh, in fact, we are going to be doing uh, that in our own church. We're going to be offering some some online life groups scenarios over the next uh, week or so, and so we're excited about that. Okay, but either way, we need to remember that the the building is not the church. We, the people, are the church. We're the body of Christ, right? And so no matter what we do and how we look for things, we have to look at it in that aspect that just because we can't meet in a building during these times doesn't mean that we stop being the body of Christ. We have to continue being the body of Christ, okay? We need to join and be together as one. We need to be a place where everybody knows our name. All right? Amen. That concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. We're so thankful that you were able to join us today. And again, that wraps up our two-week series of Together. Tomorrow, uh, next week, we're going to be starting the new series called How Sweet the Sound. We're going to dive into some classic hymns, explore the meaning, breathe new life into these songs that bring us hope uh, for tomorrow. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at Chandler Acres Church dot com.